Broadcasting live from Timber Gorge on the plain of Zendikar. This is Tap Tap Concede. Graham here. And Nelson. And we finally got kicked out of the luxury suite. <laughs> they got sick of our crap. I miss those sheets. Yeah. Such high thread count. Yep. Now we're roughing it in the Timber Gorge. Yeah. Back on, back on Zendikar. The only land other than Reliquary Tower that has been spoiled for Corset 2019. M19, yeah. The good news about Timber Gorge is it smells a lot better than the luxury suite in the last few days we were there. Yeah. Yeah. But the privacy plays in the door, they don't come clean in. Mm. It's, just, it's yeah. bacchanalia. There were a lot of loaders yeah. doing various loading in there. Tap Tapping Seeds is brought to you by <laughs> uh, CardKingdom.com. If you check out CardKingdom.com slash LRR, that puts our little promo code on there. Let's them know that we sent you when we do that because we like them. We use them ourselves. They're where we buy singles when we buy them online and they'll ship singles anywhere in the world. And they'll ship sealed product anywhere in the US. And uh, you can also sell them your cards, which I've done on numerous occasions for money or store credit. You get like, a, it's like a 30 or 40% bonus on store credit now. So check out Card Kingdom. Also, this show and everything we do is brought to you by you and your kind support of our Patreon at patreon.com slash loadingreadyrun. Thank you so much. If uh, you are shopping at Card Kingdom, you can mention in the notes to give. Oh yes, get, right. Get the them to give you a button. Yes, you say can button, say, please. Loading ready, run, sent me. Button, please, and they'll give you a little one-inch button. Currently, I think they're out, uh, but I'm, there's new new buttons routing their way. So, if the button yeah. supply people are anything like Card Kingdom, the buttons are probably there now. They should be. The buttons should be there in time for any of your core of 2019 needs. And that's the name of the set. It's Corset 2019, not because previously the oh, previous Corset Magic was Corset 2011 or was whatever. Magic 2016 or uh, okay. Magic 2015. This is the actual name is Corset 2019. Okay, but, but the, the symbol still has an M rather than like still a M19, CS. Yeah. The well, code is still M19. Okay, right, because C is used for Commander. Commander. Yeah, and, and conspiracy. Right. Yeah, C and counter spells. Conspiracy 1 was CNS, and Conspiracy 2 was CN2. We have to deal with the codes a lot for, like, hashtags and things. So, yeah. Anyway, the point is we're going to be talking a lot about uh, some of the first batch of spoiler cards that have come out for Corset 2019. But first, let's crack a pack. What you got? I've got a big foam die. Yeah. I rolled a 12. 12. What is all that? I don't know. ASMR. Twelve. It's Mike Sear. Mike Scott. Mike Scott. From, hey, from last year's GP Vegas. There it is. Yes, give us this pack of Oath of the Gatewatch. The, uh, if you're wondering why it's just Nelson and myself, it's because uh, the rest of the squad, which is to say James and Adam and Ben and Cameron and Serge, are all down at GP Vegas themselves uh, at this very moment in time. I'm doing... Decently, as I understand it. Oh, nice. So they... Yeah. I don't even know which I event has started yet. I think at least one of them is playing in the modern event. Nice. Surge uh, is spell-slinging Highlander, like, as we yeah. as we film this, so that's cool. Sweet. Hopefully some of you found him. Ooh, we got a mountain. Got a mountain. Uh, and we have a core scythe... Scythe master? Scythe yes. master. Didn't... Farther. Maybe... Farther that way? Yes. Far. More far? Okay. okay. <laughs> Great. Sorry. They just put my there's phone a, there's there. There's a bit of tape there. We're just trying to find where the card reader is on the table. Anyway, Core Scythe Master. 
Cocoon White for a 3-1 core soldier ally. And Scythe Master has first strike as long as it's attacking. It was totally fine. You're not going to first pick this. But no. yeah, you would play it if you were aggro white. Mm -hmm. Negate. Mm. Make a thing not happen. One in the blue. Instant counter target non-creature spell. Always happy to see that. Spark Mage's Gambit was interesting. It's one in a red for a sorcery. It deals one damage to each of up to two target creatures, and those creatures can't block this turn. This card was tough to choose to put into your main deck, but mm -hmm. it led to some blowouts, for sure. Yeah, I mean, the the dual shot aspect of it, just killing two things with one toughness, mm -hmm. was relevant. Yep. But a falter effect is nothing to sniff at either. For sure. Yeah, it's... It's also a better rate than Rapid Flames, which does the same thing to three creatures. Three creatures. Four mana. Yeah, exactly. Um... Mm -hmm. And you can't go to face with Rapid Flames either, right? No. Same thing. Yeah. But that was a different limited environment. Yeah. Speaking, <coughs> pardon me, speaking of core allies, uh, one in a white for a 1-3, it's McKinney Aeronaut. McKinney Aeronaut was actually, like, pretty good just because it filled out the two drops. I believe really I have deck. first picked this card. Like, you would, yeah, you play, yeah. play McKinney Aeronaut in a bunch of different decks. Mm -hmm. And it's a two drop, yeah. What about this other one, three for two? Loam Larva. Mm. One in a green for a one, three. When Loam Larva enters the battlefield, you may search your library for a basic land, reveal it, then shuffle your library and put that card on top. It's not quite a cantripping chump, but it does fix your mana if you get into some greedy territory. Oftentimes, if you're a Null Bailoth deck, you would then want to just like yeah. play all the best creatures you could find. So sometimes they cost blue and white mana. Yeah. It just, it, it felt so bad to be like, go looking for the land, and then be like, great, now I put this in my hand. No. no, I don't. It's actually, this is what I'm drawing next They had time. been making us do this for about a year now or so. I think it was like Cons of Tarkir introduced yeah. one of these guys, Frontier Guide, maybe. Is oh, that what his name yeah. Is? And, like, and it was just like, oh. You either get, it either gets a counter or it does yeah. this, yeah. Yeah, and they were kind of like, hey, greedy green players, it turns out, you know, we're not just going to let you have... The run litter all the time. Nope, oh, no, I'm thinking not, of a different one. Not Frontier Guide. It was. It's uh, some Jackal Hound guy from Fate, Favor Fort. Yeah, it feels it was like one the first one. It was one a that... green Inoc. Inoc, one, yeah. one in a green. It was one in a green for a 1 1. Yeah, but it could and either get a plus one plus one counter. Yeah. Or, or yeah. find a land to put it on top, right? Yeah. Hey, while we're hanging out with Frontier Guide, I think, is she also from Zendikar? Oh, Inoc Guide. Inoc Guide. <laughs> well, we, we, we probably could have sussed that out. We were so close. Yeah, we, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um, my favorite two-drop for the Devoid deck, mm. Slaughter Drone, one and a black for a 2-2 two -two with Devoid, so it costs black to cast, but it is colorless, and for one colorless mana, not just generic, colorless specifically, it gains Death Touch until end of turn. It's fine, it's not an exciting card. Not a strong role player, though, yeah. an attack or defend, yeah. He attack, he protect, yeah. <laughs> Containment Membrane is two and a blue for an enchantment Aura, uh, it, it, it enchants a creature, and the creature doesn't untap during its controller's untap step. Also, it has Surge, which is with a U, unlike our friend, which is if you if this is the second spell, or rather, if you've cast any other spell, uh, second or greater spell this, this turn, turn yeah. yeah, then it costs this alternate Surge cost, which in this case is a single blue. So you can just uh, you can cast something else and then pay one blue and cast this. Uh, this is in the the space of the blue tap down enchantments. The claustrophobia yeah, sort of but angle. But these ones don't. Or sorry, this one is in the realm that doesn't. Right. 
uh, so doesn't it's just, actively tap it. Yeah, it's just thirst or whatever. It's just dehydration. Yeah, so it's only really good if the creature's already hit you. Yeah, yeah. so this card's not great. I mean, in in long sort of controly mirrors, these cards would sometimes be like the most powerful ones in your I deck. I definitely got super annoyed by it on many occasions. Oh yeah, no, this yeah. card is probably, I want to say it's like the most powerful card on its own from mm -hmm. all the cards we've seen from the pack, but it doesn't necessarily go in the most powerful deck. Like the Slaughter Drone and the McKinney Aeronaut bring you into archetypes and they get watch draft where like... Here. Yeah, so it's a, it's better than dehydration. They used to make us pay four for this terrible effect. Wow, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, also, I find... Blue is not supposed to have removal. It has counter spells. <laughs> I find it interesting that uh, because I, f I forgot that they were... Um, for Oath of the Gatewatch, they were pushing two-headed giant. It was a two-headed giant oh, pre-release, okay, which is okay. why the surge mechanic is templated or if teammate. you or a teammate has cast another spell this turn. Right. So I also forgot about that. Uh, Bonesaw is ready. Today's Bonesaw is ready, yeah. I played this card more recently than any of these other ones because what it got reprinted in. Uh, or am I just thinking. Yeah, did it get reprinted? It's not in Kaladesh, but I definitely played it in. It got reprinted in Eldrazi something, didn't it? Because I played it in the uh, standard Aetherflux Reservoir deck like really? a year ago. Huh. Yeah. I mean, this might have still been legal. Anyway, uh, uh, yeah, real quick before so. Paul answers yeah, that question, it's a zero mana artifact, so you cast it for free, it's an equipment, it equips for one, and the equipped creature gets plus one, plus oh, so it's not that impressive, but it's free. Yeah, uh, Oath of the Gatewatch was the last time it was printed. It was also in Conflux. Oh, wow. Okay, all right. But Oath uh, hmm. was the last time. What am I thinking so of, then? It couldn't have been Bonesaw. There's some zero mana things that you bounced. You bounced Ornithopters, and then you had another set of zero mana equipments to bounce. That's okay, I'll Wasn't think of it Wasn't Oath and Kaladesh, weren't they in standard at the same time at one point? Oh, right, yeah, we were, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry, two set blocks. That's right, that's right. Yeah. It's, I'm so confused, because I'm like, oh, I had, I know this deck had Kaladesh cards, it had Eldritch Moon cards, and it had Bonesaw somehow, but right, it's just because Oath was still in standard. Hmm. Two set blocks that year super confuses me, and in my mind, I've stretched them out to be like a year long. Right. Right, it's like, oh my god, standard just had four blocks. Right. My favorite of the cards so oh, far. Yeah. Vampire. This is easily the first pick. Yeah. Vampire Envoy. Two and a black for a 1-4 Vampire Cleric ally with flying. And whenever Vampire Envoy becomes tapped, you gain one life. So you attack with this 1-4 flyer. It's hard to block because it's got four toughness. Mm -hmm. you, you gain a life. Or if you tap it as part of another ally's cohort, cohort. ability, then you also gain a life. This one... Uh, and Battle Priest? No. Ondu Cleric. Ondu Cleric. Yeah. yeah. So Ondu Cleric, I think, got the most kind of um, star power for being like the cornerstone of this format. But mm. I think Vampire Envoy is actually like the the bigger. Not Ondu Cleric. Ondu War Priest, is it? Yeah. Same casting cost, same Ondu, world. Ondu War Priest. Ondu War, War Priest, Priest or Battle Priest or something? Ondu War Cleric. God. <laughs> This is challenging. All yeah. right, so yeah, Undo War Cleric War is cleric. one in a white yeah. for a 2-2 human cleric ally with cohort, and uh, the cohort ability is you tap the Undo War Cleric and an untapped ally you control, and you gain two life. So if you tap Undo War Cleric and the Vampire, Vampire Envoy, you gain three life. At the end of your opponent's turn after holding down all their attacks. Yeah. And that was... The, 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 the Undo Cleric is a core. Mm. War Cleric is a human. Go figure. Ondu is a place, I think, right? Yeah. Not a people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Unlike um, Asgard. The yep. The Azra? Is that then? Oh, uh, that, sorry. No, I just meant Asgard from like Marvel Universe. Oh. 
I just Thor, Thor Ragnarok is uh, on Netflix, so I oh. managed to catch it after bedtime it's, recently. It's pretty sweet. There were some funny moments. Uh, a a perfectly reasonable ally that I did frequently play, though it's not nearly as exciting as Vampire Envoy, is the Tajuru Path Warden. Their next card, four and a green for a five-four elf warrior ally with vigilance and trample. This card actually gets through the one-four wall, so it, it was does. important too. Like this card's quite good. It's not as good a first pick as Vampire Envoy, but no. But five-four vigilance trample was like you're happy was, to play this card. Yeah, it was one it's of those like things where pick, probably. like your opponent plays it and you're like, well, I have to trade off for that. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't have any way around it. Vigilance Although, and trample together are a scary thing. Four toughness does make it a great target for Gideon's reproach. Sure, which yeah. Was in the set, uh, the previous set, I think. Okay. So it was yeah. draftable. Yeah. Oh, oof. Okay. Mm -hmm. Embodiment of insight. Yeah. I went ham with this at the pre-release. This card's fun. Yep. Four and a green for a four-four with vigilance. Okay. Uh, land creatures you control have vigilance. Okay, that's a weird line of yep, text. It's a weird line of text. But it also has a landfall ability. I, I believe these landlords were cool. Like I believe the two anything. embodiments were actually the only cards in this set with mm -hmm. landfall. Oh, okay, okay. In in yeah, in maybe both. not in the block, but in right. this set. If, if if I remember correctly, is there anyway, only a green one and a red one? I think so. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, landfall. Maybe you're right. Whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, you may have target land you control become a 3-3 elemental creature with haste until end of turn. It is still a land. Also, it has vigilance because this says that it has vigilance. But that also affects any lands you've animated with spells with the awaken, awaken. mechanic. Yeah. So, there's a lot going on. Or you're just rare land from the third set, too. That's from this set, isn't it? Battle for Zendikar give us the Lumbering Falls and the... I think so. Oh, the, were there creature the lands in this set? Well, not in this set. Not in Oath of the Gatewatch, but the set you draft it with. Battle for Zendikar? Battle for Zendikar, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. This whole cycle. Cool. So it would also give them Vigilance if you happen to draft one. Hmm. Slightly what... more powerful than the Tajiru Path Warden, right? Yeah. Yeah, Embodiment of Insight. It's, it's pretty close. Next is Spatial Contortion, which is one and a colorless, specifically colorless, for an instant target creature gets plus three, minus three until end of turn. Big arms and teeny legs is the implication. Yeah. This was removal. It was totally fine if you're it's already in the, if you're already in the colorless yeah. deck, it's sweet. You want you rarely first pick it though. No, this tended wanna, to come around. You don't want to fight over the six color of magic because there isn't as much of it in the packs. Yeah, you tended to try and get the creatures first. Yeah, or like you you go for these higher and higher once you already have some enablers, like you have yeah. some um, warden of geometries because yep. everyone can just pick those or any of the other uh, colorless enabling cards. Yeah, there was the one It's a 2-3 devoid but cast for blue. Blue, yeah, cultivator drone, yeah. No, I was no? Think, no okay, cultivator sorry. drone I think was smaller. Or maybe I'm thinking of the wrong thing. Maybe you're right. It's Anyway, it taps for a colorless but only to cast yeah. colorless spells. I think that's cultivator drone. It is. Yeah. You're totally right. Yeah, so yeah, if yeah. you just happen to have some of these, um, yeah, that sweet. or you took some non-basics or whatever. And then the payoff is like, uh, not Dread Drone, it was... In blue? There's um, a few, there's a flying the one. It had, its name was something to do with like reverberation. No, not the, not the, anyway, the one that drained. Oh, it was one oh, of the colorless sure, sure. for a yeah, drain. The one, yeah, that's we've like had this, this I, exact least, same discussion. Yeah, yeah, Cameron and I at least have had this exact same. T we've we've sung the praises of this specific card on this show before, and yeah. still could not remember the name, even though we loved it so much. Right. Uh, Ruin in their wake is our final uncommon. It's one and a green for a sorcery with devoid. Search your library for a basic land card and reveal it. 
you may put that card onto the battlefield tapped if you control a wastes. Otherwise, you put it into your hand and then shuffle your library. Just like the other green and a, and a generic mana fixer in this set, it's kind of not that exciting, yeah. and it fixes your mana. <laughs> mm -hmm. I do like the different... Uh, the, I, the, I love the art. I love oh, the, yeah, the, art's the great. different ways in which Kozilek and Ulamog leave destruction behind. Right, yeah. It's really cool. Looking. They're both annihilating Zendikar, but in different fashions, right? Yeah, Kozilek's mm. sort of like rainbow... Um, uh, rainbow, like... Bespits, Matrixes or whatever, yeah. Uh, crystalline, well, lattices, yeah. Yeah, crystalline lattices is really, really cool. Anyway. And our rare... Hey, it's, a, it's, it's two rares in one, kind <laughs> of. Mina and Den, Wildborn, two... Red, green for a 4-4 elf ally, randomly an ally. You may play an additional land on each of your turns. Cool. And for red and green and return a land you control to its owner's hand, target creature gains trample until end of turn. So you could sort of, uh, I guess on, on paper, you could use Mina and Den to abuse uh, landfall triggers. Yep. Uh, I believe practically this deck rarely came together. This, this card is super powerful when it works. Like, you're yeah. in green, so you can get some big creatures, and you can give them trample with this. You can also ramp. You can also get infinite um, landfall triggers. Mm -hmm. and, the, and there were, like, you know, we see from Battle for Zendikar, um, you need, if you pick up enough, like, McKinney slide runners or whatever, like, you know, there are decent oh, yeah. early game uh, landfall creatures. So there's a bunch of things you can do. But, yeah, I don't like first picking as much as the Vampire yeah. Envoy. There was definitely harder for, to make this deck work. There was definitely a very aggressive red-green landfall deck in Battle for Zendikar. Yeah. But when Oath of the Gatewatch came out, it's not like I never saw Mina and Den cast. And when it was cast, no, it was, I've lost it was not it. bad. Yeah, it's it, but it I never actually good, yeah. I never actually saw Mina and Den what I would what yeah. I would classify as pop off. Right. Yeah, I think I've maybe seen one turn where it's like, oh you got two landfall triggers. And like I mean if you if you get them in the same deck with the embodiment, like it's possible yeah. you open the Mina and you decide not to draft the Envoy this time. You can first pick Embodiment, and then if you table Mina, you're like, all right. I think I do think you're more likely to wheel Mina and Den than you are to wheel the Embodiment. Yes, I agree. Yeah. Um, this is a decent pack, but you're probably getting cut off Mina and Den if there's seven other drafters. Mm -hmm. Maybe in a pot of six you can make it work out. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Hey, that's a pack of both. So now, uh, when Battle for Zendikar... Uh, when that block was out, there were still corsets, and then they took corsets away. That's but now right. corsets are back because they decided that they actually liked what it was that they did. <laughs> yeah. So now they're doing corsets in addition. Kind of hilariously, they, what, like wizards, they would have finished designing and developing, like, you know, the, there's a two year window or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then so, like, they would have finished designing and developing Magic Origins. Yeah. I want to guess in 2015. 15, something like that. Like, that's when... Or no, that's when it came out, right? It came out in 2015, so maybe early 2014 or something. So then it releases, and then a year later, they would have had to start designing this set if they want to give it two years mm -hmm. or something. So it's like, there wasn't very long... It seems like three years for us. Yeah. But it's like, inside R&D, there wasn't a really long space of time where there wasn't either, like, a corset about to come out or a corset about to be made. And they yeah. still had to just make this announcement, like, corsets are over. It's right? like, they pr yeah, they probably, like, they probably made the decision to bring corsets back fairly quickly, comparatively. Right. But it's just the, 
the the trundling beast of developing magic doesn't just doesn't move very fast. For sure, yeah. So, turn around on actually getting a setup. But yeah, we're here uh, with Corset 2019, and uh, I mean, there's some pretty cool cards. There's in some cool already. cards. Yeah. It's it's definitely you know it's definitely a corset. Right, and we haven't had a but, tap tap where we're talking about these spoilers yet, right? So no, we haven't. Okay. So there's been some number of of spoilers already. Like we said, it's um, GP Vegas this weekend, and so they're announcing some stuff. They actually showed off their convention promo, which is a reprint of Death Baron. That's a really exciting one, actually. It's really cool looking. Yeah. It's uh, one black black for a 2-2 zombie wizard. Skeletons, randomly, and other zombies you control get plus one, plus one, and death touch. Because why not? But look at this sweet looking Death Baron if you're watching the video yeah. version. It's really cool looking. This is a reprint that's been long sought after. Mm -hmm. So, it's not on the, the official card image gallery, but there was spoiled... I want to say I saw it through Goldfish, but mm -hmm. there's a new Goblin uh, Mogwar Marshal, essentially. I can't remember what it's called. Yeah, that one. Oh, yeah, Goblin Instigator. Yeah, so Goblin Instigator. This is one of the first spoilers I saw from this set, mm -hmm. and this card looks pretty exciting. There's also Goblin Motivator. Goblin Motivator is a... Improved functional reprint from an Amonkhet card. So one red, one one goblin warrior as opposed to like human cleric or something that they had in Amonkhet. But it's just the ability to give haste. Oh, tap target creature yeah. gains haste until end of turn. Yes, because they had, um, yeah, I can't remember his name, but it was a random sure. human and it was a one one for a single red that had yeah. this ability. And I think this is actually like a surprisingly powerful card. Like it seems sort of innocuous, but only I think for the first time in Amonkhet have we seen it on a one drop. Like that's really mm -hmm. important design wise if you're yeah. gonna give a creature the ability to attack give something haste. Like Battle Rampart has been in a few sets and it's never that big a deal. It's like three, three mana, mana defender, yeah. right? It's still like relevant, but you don't really think of that ever as a constructed card. Whereas having like- the, Having the motivator be a, a goblin and a warrior, which is also not, yeah. not, not an irrelevant subtype. Yeah, for sure. Like specifically for standard, there's, there's gonna be people, especially by the end of this spoiler season, I'm sure, looking to flesh out their goblin decks mm -hmm. um, because there's so many powerful goblins and there's some synergy and you've got, you know, the War Chief and Siege Gang Commander together in standard. Yeah. Like, and since you mentioned it, I'll just talk about sure. Goblin Instigator real quick. It's one in a red for a 1-1 one -one, and you get another 1-1. One -one. It comes with a 1-1 with a one -one goblin token. Right, so, so this card is like yeah. a great combo with War Chief and Prospector. Yes. Um, right, because so yeah, they reprinted Skirk Prospector in Dominaria, weird, oh, weirdly. Yeah, along with Goblin Warchief. Along with Goblin Warchief, Skirk Prospector is is a it's a one one Goblin for one, and you can sacrifice a Goblin and get one red mana, and then uh, the Warchief, of course, is one red red for a two two, and other Goblins you control, or other Goblins, um, Goblins you cast cost one, one less generic yeah, mana one less, less, and. Okay. Goblin, all goblins, including the war chief, you control have haste. So, so this guy makes the uh, makes makes instigator a single red mana. That's right. I guess he also makes my my goblin motivator kind of worthless, but he's mm. still you know a one one for one, and they need enough of those, or they need one drops in in goblin decks, right? So what I think is interesting about goblin instigator, um, and you mentioned you know uh, mog mog war marshal that had the whole echo shenanigans going right. on, but the interesting thing about instigator is. Um, We've seen we've seen Goblin Instigator as a spell twice. Um, okay. Dragon Fodder and Krenko's Command. Right, right, is right one in right. a red, two one one Goblin. That's right. 
So I'm curious if you have any thoughts. Is there any real sort of difference apart from non-creature spells getting negated yeah. or something to, to have one and a red for as a half of that spell right. as a ATB. creature, mm-hmm. a non a token creature, and then you get the other, the right. other token. Well, I mean, you mentioned it already, right? It's the War Chief. So this is the first time we've seen this exact ability. Mm-hmm. The, the Mog War Marshal is better alongside Prospector, which is like tended to be where you saw it before, like in Legacy, right. or in, I'm used to seeing it in Highlander. Um, but uh, but here you have like the other side of the coin, where okay, you just get two goblins, just like a dragon fodder spell. Um, so both of those can attack the following turn, even if you don't have um, the prospector. Like say you're not just few, you're not just churning up these goblins to make mana and then make more goblins later off Krenko or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you're just using these goblins to fight. It's like it just makes two that are ready to go, and you don't have to worry about tying your mana up next turn or having a slow goblin like you would with more Marshall. So right. it's possible this card is more exciting for that purpose in um, in modern. Also in modern, like in, in modern or standard, you can cast this for one red if you have the war chief out. Mm-hmm. Um, in modern, you can also cast it with Cavern of Souls. So right. you can't do... In, in the goblin players will prefer to do that. They're going to be playing Cavern of Souls anyway, so they'll prefer to play this guy over... Um, Dragon fodder for that reason. That I think. Sense. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, there is one other goblin that they've spoiled for Corset 2019, which is a reprint of Gutter Snipe. Mm. Two, and it looks awesome because it's a full art. One yeah, I'm spoiled. really excited about that. I've always been a fan of Gutter Snipe, actually. Yeah. Two and a red for a 2 2 goblin shaman. And uh, whenever you cast an instant or sorcery, it deals two damage to each opponent. Now, this art actually, is it new or. Oh, I this. Think so the, the Gutter Snipe is, art is that this, we have on screen currently. Okay. This was in another set very recently. I think it might have been M20, uh, Masters Our 25. Masters, right. Iconic, Iconic Masters. Masters. Okay. There you go. Okay, cool. Sorry. But they so did spoil a new... They've got a full art form, too. Great. Awesome. Gutter Snipe getting three different arts to choose from. Yeah. Originally printed in Return to Ravnica. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I've always been a big fan of Gutter Snipe. I've played him in Blue-Red Control and Blue-Red Tempo in, um, in Canadian Highlander. And... Yeah, it's just like an alternate win con. It's kind of like the other side of prowess. Or his his ability is not quite as powerful as monastery mentor, obviously. But for a red card, it's just cool to have like a way to sort of go over the top, and yeah. you can just turn your cantrips into a victory. I would like to talk briefly about Gigantosaurus. Right. So green, 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 green. That is five green mana symbols. A mere five mana, but all of them green mm. for a ten ten. That's it. Doesn't have trample. Doesn't have any other ability. Ten is an important it's number big. in magic. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's, it's a two-turn clock. It's right? a real big one. Uh, Land War Elves isn't standard. Land War Elves isn't standard. So is Galta. Yeah. So you combo that with like four forests, and yeah. you've got a lot of power on the table. I the, I like Gigantosaurus. <laughs> yeah. No, it's obviously fun. Oh, yeah. Did LRR get to spoil this card? No. Oh, that's too bad. That's a waste. <laughs> um. Yeah, this card, I mean, it can do some things. It's probably a worse card overall than, like, Ghoul Tree, <laughs> but, which is the same oh, yeah. stats, no ability, except the cost reduction one. It's one green and, I think, nine generic, but it gets cheaper for every creature card in your bin, oh, and then it's yeah. a 10-10. Um, but you could Aether Vile Gigantosaurus on five. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> seven. It's only seven. Sorry, it's not nine. There you go. Um 
And Gigantosaurus is also probably a fair bit worse than, is it Primal Crux? Whatever the, like, many green symbols from Shadow Moor creature is. That's wow, just like I as do big not as, remember this. Oh, yeah, this card's going to blow your mind if you like Gigantosaurus. I do. Is, is Primal Crux right? One word? That's not... Yes, I did it. It's wow. six green. It's six green. Green, 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 green. For a star, star trample mm -hmm. with chroma, power and types is equal to the number of green mana symbols in the mana costs of permanence you control. Now, Wait a minute. Now, obviously, Gigantosaurus loves Primal Crux, too. <laughs> Combo. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, prim so at worst, Primal Crux is a 6-6. Six, six. Yes, 6-6 six, six trample for 6. It, is presumably, if you're casting it, it just, Land just gets better. Wow. Even, it was printed in the same set as... Uh, or not the same set as Kitchen Face. It's from Eventide, not Shattermore, sorry. Um, but it's a set after Kitchen like Fanks and like Wiltleaf Liege wow. and all the, the whole the all the like uh, hybrid symbol cards. So mm -hmm. anytime it actually hit the battlefield in like a constructed game, it was usually like a twelve twelve or something. Sweet. Yeah. Now, like Gigantosaurus, I don't know if it's actually going to be a crazy like limited bomb or anything. The thing is like Galta. What what makes Galta very very scary is is the trample. It's that second line rather than the first one. Yeah. Like that it's a twelve twelve is. Fine. There was so many tokens in in Rivals block that you could you you could just block all day if it didn't have trample. But Galta yeah. has trample and was terrifying. Uh, I don't. We don't know anything about what the core set uh, limited environment is going to be yet. We can we can make right. some suppositions, but you know I don't know if Gigantosaurus is actually going to be a problem or if it's going to be like, well, I'll just feed it saplings for five turns while I kill you. Like, it is a dinosaur, so getting into this, like, red-green monsters deck in standard, it's not likely, but may it's probably, you know what Gigantosaurus probably is? Like, if you're trying to budget out a standard deck and you have a Gigantosaurus and you can't afford a Galti yet, like, you know, that's... Yeah. It's a good halfway step, right? At least it's, this is a cheap-ish creature. It's going to be interesting to see what the sort of... The, what the, the performance in draft is right. comparing... Gigantosaurus to Colossal Dreadmaw. Right, right, right. They're 6 6 trample for almost the same. Well, Gigantosaurus is harder to cast by quite a bit, actually. Yeah, exactly. So, right. like, Colossal Dreadmaw is 4 green green. So, it's one one more total mana, but it's a lot easier to cast for 6 6 with trample. Is trample, is trample better than 4 additional power and toughness? We'll have to wait and but, see. But back to train up for a second. Isn't Colossal Dreadmaw, oh, isn't that just from Ixalan? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so, is this the second time they're printing it? Third, fourth, maybe? Oh, it's the fourth time they're printing Colossal yeah. Dreadmaw. Yep. And it's a very divisive and beautiful issue here in the Magic community. Either <laughs> you can be a hater and want to get rid of Drill Hostile Dreadmaw, or you can join my team and, you know, hashtag like Colossal Dreadmaw forever. Just yeah. print this card in every single set. Or maybe you want to go in between. Like, hey, all right, if you're going to keep printing Colossal Dreadmaw, at least give us new art or something. Or give us functional different Colossal Dreadmaws so that we can build the perfect... Commander deck of only colossal dreadmaws with different names and lands. Um, so when when we did whatever the, you want when we did the rivals of Ixalan pre-release, we talked we did an interview with uh, Melissa with Melissa Detora who worked on on the team for it. Right. And uh, I asked about about the reprints, and she said that you know the Legion Conquistador was an obvious one because you just needed some sort of density. Of we that. didn't want to print a pack without Legion Conquistadors if you were going to bother drafting them, right? Yeah, and that makes a lot of and sense. And it actually made. Conquistador better because Rivals was a smaller set and so, so there was a higher density. Functionally more. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Um, but there was there was there was a series of cards that were that 
were reprinted. And one of them was Means. Yeah, one of them was Sailor Means, and one of them was Colossal Dreadmon. Those were the two that she talked about specifically. And the their reasoning for that, which a, a lot of people seem to have glossed not over. been aware of, or yeah, sure. yeah, or glossed over, was that uh, it is good for limited to have cards that do specific things. Right. And the role players. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And green needed some sort of big trampoly beast. And there it's there's no reason to make you know, it's like gigantic anger mouth. It's a six six for four green green with trample. Like yeah. this this is this card is exactly what a green common big Trample fatty wants to be, so why not just print Colossal Dreadmon? I don't know. Smiling, I'm smiling house tooth, maybe. I think it's. Know? I think it's great. And Truck the, face. The, that, the, that made even more sense for Sailor Means when it's like this actually fits a very specific slot and it's right. the perfect card for this. And so you know, so it's funny. Cause I think they were all uh, creature types too. Yeah. All, like what they were doing. Dinosaur. What they were doing there was uh, testing the waters for what they would do in future small sets, for big set, small set, so that it wouldn't warp the draft quite so much when you add the small set to the big set. As it turned out, that was the last small set, so it wasn't relevant. Hilarious. But they didn't yeah. know that when they started right, working on that, right. and so they were like, well, what if we what if we tried this out, and maybe we'll, then next small set, we'll see if it worked or not, but it yeah. didn't end up being It's kind of like, yeah, there's a neat sort of like the brain and the two hands or whatever of R&D. It's like, you know, Melissa's team is working on like, okay, well, how can we cinch up the small set, big set draft problem. Yeah, you know, let's just like let's just put more cards total in the first set, and then the second set will include a bunch of reprints. Yeah, you know, which um, I actually think for limited it that makes, makes sense, makes great sense, it makes sense. But and then, yeah. for well, and for revealing like more of the important storyline characters, or for just like eking out the powerful cards slowly mm -hmm. or whatever for constructed, it also kind of makes sense if you're just like, well, there's gonna be less like there's gonna be less filler, kind of because. There's actually just less spoiler because there's less new cards. Yeah. Um, but then they just decided to stop doing yeah, it. Yeah, but then a different part of Wizards was like, let's just not do small sets at all. Yeah. You, you know what would be really scary uh, coming at you across the field? Mm. Uh, Gigantosaurus on top of a Pegasus Courser. That's an excellent point, actually, Paul. <laughs> I wanted to bring up if you just if there is a good way to give things trample wow. in standard, then Gigantosaurus becomes a lot more real, I think. So speaking of things immediately getting a reprint, Pegasus Courser mm. was in Dominaria, Dominaria and here right. it is again in Corset 2019. Yeah, they obviously liked the way it played in Dominaria. Or it's possible the two teams from M19 and, and mm -hmm. Dominaria were both just gonna put like something like this, and then the Dominaria team was like, okay, we settled on this. I'd like to talk about one drops more. Yeah. So while we're on white flying creatures, Rustwing Falcon is an exciting new card. Yeah, wow. It's, it's Sun a, Tailhawk with two toughness. It's a flying squire. Yeah, exactly. Which is a f f flyer. Hmm. <laughs> Portmanteau doesn't quite work. Uh, anyway, but yeah, it's a one-two for one. Deathrite Bird? I don't know. Does yeah. this... Does, I mean, I guess they'll have to talk about this on North 100, but I wonder if this gets into Flying Man. For sure, it gets in any white version of Flying Man. Now, Flying Man typically is like a mono blue deck. Yeah. I think they've. I think I've seen. I want to say Benjamin has has built a blue white version. I'm not 100 percent sure, but I, you can definitely play it in the like, the aggressive, uh, the white weenie build that's trying to be evasive, yeah. right? So but this is this is really interesting. It's cool, yeah. No, like, I know that it doesn't like one, two, fire for one. That doesn't sound exciting. But like you said, they've never printed this before. For sure. 
Yeah, and yeah, it's a little bit of power creep that's probably not super relevant, but it does obviously win the Flying Man Mirror. Mm. And I don't know, it's just a cool card. I'm glad they're taking these kinds of risks. It's probably not going to break anything, but. Nate, uh, nickname uh, proposal, the Higher Squire. Higher Squire. Ooh, that's very good. The Getting Higher Squire. I like it. Okay, so in blue, there's also some pushed stats. There's a 1-2 in blue. Uh, I don't know the name of it. It's a common, um, and it gets plus one power if you control an artifact, I believe. Thank you. Gearsmith Prodigy. Oh, wow. So this is like, you know, a new sort of Phantasmal Bear kind of card. It's not an artifact itself, so it's not going to see play in um, modern or anything. Maybe there will be like a blue X artifact beatdown deck maybe with antiquity or the uh, antiquities war mm -hmm. in standard you mm -hmm. might play this card as well because you're you're planning to just like do an alpha strike and you want to yeah, get so some beats in it's just a two two for one if you have an artifact probably he, pretty great probably he's just going to be in draft but i think he's cool yeah two two not two one and yeah 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 so get that bone saw that card both those cards are like a little bit exciting um nexus of fate while we're on blue cards this is the i believe it's the buy a box promo I'm always really into time walk effects, and this one's not bad. So, unless I much misunderstand... Um, it's a five blue blue for yeah. an instant. Take an extra turn after this one. We don't usually see time walks with, at, at instant, instant speed. speed yeah. yeah. So this is pretty exciting. You can get a time walk with instant speed if you miracle your temporal mastery, and you can time stop your opponent. But and other then, than that, they're all sorceries. And then there's another... Ability, which is if Nexus of Fate would be put into a graveyard from anywhere, reveal it, shuffle it into its owner's library instead. So you get to recycle it. Yeah, so which you just get to keep putting it back in your library. Every that's every time you cast it. Um, yeah, unless I'm misunderstanding how the rules interact with this ability. I don't think so. No, that seems correct. Yeah, so it's like if it would get milled, or you would discard it, or you just cast it. Yeah. So anytime, or even if it gets countered, you're still just putting it back into your library. There, your opponent needs to like dissipate it or like end the turn while it's on the stack or something in order to, to Is there stop some? Th there's probably some sort of going It's seven in, mana. Yeah, there's probably some sort of going infinite degeneracy that you could do with this. I mean, all you have to do is mill yourself and then have seven mana. And then you're going to take all the turns and hopefully the stuff that you use to mill yourself can now mill your opponent. Can now right, because I don't know if there's a format where that will work. Because most taking extra clear. turn cards get yeah. exiled. Well, the new ones, yeah, to, to prevent... It's funny because, like, they used to give us five mana, take extra turn cards, and they were like, okay, that's fixed. And it basically was. Like, you saw some five mana, take an extra turn cards popping up in standard, like uh, the M10 or M11 time warp was in fairies a little bit. Yeah, mm -hmm. M10 time warp got into fairies a little bit, but it wasn't, like, unfair. It, it helped spawn the uh, also pretty fair... Uh, open the vaults deck. You played it in open the vaults right. in standard, but that deck wasn't top tier. Um, and then they started giving them to us at six mana, but there was a bonus. Like there's six mana or awaken nine, and you get a six six, but that one exiles itself. Yeah. Um, there's another six mana one recently. I forget. There's some other bonus, uh, but I think it also exiles itself. Oh, the uh, of, there from was a one more from, recent set from Amonkhet. Right. I can't remember what it was, but yeah, there me was, neither. But there I was some kind of is it like, like blue, 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 and then some other stuff. Or yeah, sorry, there's no the one I'm thinking of is from Favor Forge. So it's just uh, oh. three blue and 
8, which ends up being like actually too much temporal trespass. Oh, that's one of the things. Yeah, that for sure. So temporal trespass and is like not really playable because it turns out the delve is just too much, hmm. even even for mm -hmm. a de deck dedicated to doing it. But uh, yeah, part the water veil is that was the one we were talking about earlier. Like that one actually yeah. ended up being pretty good because the awaken was so good. So nice to have um, a win condition strapped onto one of your time walks. Um, fits well with the way the deck plays. Anyway, so, but we're used to them exiling themselves. Uh, and so now they gave us like the opposite of that. Yeah. And for only one more mana that we're kind of used to paying now. So, yeah, I don't know. It's possible that one copy of that will go into the mono blue taking turns deck in modern, which got a little better recently with Jace. Yeah. I don't know. It, it's an exciting card for sure. We have a new Planeswalker friend I'd like to talk about. Great. Uh, I, I assume that her name is pronounced Vivian. Yeah. Yeah. It's spelled with an E, but... Yeah, it's a fairly normal name. It's Vivian Reed. Sure, why not? Uh, three green-green for a five loyalty planeswalker. So five five loyalty, five mana. Sounds good. Not bad. She has a plus one. Look at the top four cards of your library. You may reveal a creature or land from among them and put it into your hand. Put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. So it's plus one... Um, what is that? Call... Uh, call of, not Call of the Wild. Adventurous Impulse was just... It's kind of like that. It's the top four cards. Yeah. Oh, I guess so Commune with is Nature two. is five cards, I think, for one green. I'm not sure if there is one that only gets you a land or a creature for top four. It's similar to like an Ancient Stirrings kind yeah, of. Yeah, I mean... Adventurous Impulse. We, sort of thing. we saw Commune with Dinosaurs recently. That was, right. That was only... That was specifically Dinosaurs or Land. Yeah. Adventurous Impulses in Dominaria, that's Creature or Land. But I think it's only the top three. I could be wrong. Adventurous Impulse is the top three, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so that's sort of effect, though. Cool. It's, yeah. it's fine. So Drawing she, green, green card selection. So, yeah, she comes down at, on five goes and goes up to six right away if you want. Or, minus three, destroy target artifact, enchantment, or creature with flying. Which I believe is Sudden Reclamation. I think that's the mm. name of that spell. Did not know that. So, yeah, you can destroy an artifact or an enchantment. But not just any creature, it has to be a creature with flying. Which I guess is good for protecting her, because presumably if you're casting a five mana green spell, you've gummed up the ground fairly well, like Centaur Courser is in this set and things right. like that. Um, and so the only way that you're, theoretically the only way your Planeswalker would die would, is to a flying creature, so get that out of the way. But just, someone's going to get that wrong, so remember that, that it's only creatures with flying. Although the way that it's worded... It sounds like the artifact or enchantment has to have flying too, right? <laughs> yeah, it does. Yeah. Uh, and then minus eight is you get an emblem with creatures you control, get plus two, plus two, and have vigilance, trample, and indestructible. Mm. And that's an emblem. That's not until end of turn. It's just all your creatures... It's better than Elish Norn. All your creatures <laughs> get plus two, plus two, vigilance, trample, and indestructible. So It's I, still I, not quite as good as Domri Raid's emblem. It's similar. Right. Yeah. But uh, it's quite good. I want to know what the original design for this Planeswalker was that factored in those ghost wolves. Oh, yeah, good question. I, I mean, that's maybe just who she's finding I, with her plus one? I no? guess. I, I, I feel like, just based on previous Planeswalker art, I feel like originally she had an ability that made some sort of tutus or something. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe that's just, she just looks rad, but whatever. So my comment with this card, uh, I thought it would be Canadian Highlander playable, at least in like Allison's sort of Rock Planeswalkers deck, because mm. it reminds me so much of Vraska. Uh, mm. Because like the, the minus, minus three, yeah, the yeah. same kind of casting cost, five loyalty, minus three to kill something, and it kills 
most things. It doesn't kill anything. It, like, specifically doesn't kill any creature or, like, a planeswalker. And those are, like, very powerful uses of yeah. the... Uh, of the Vraska minus three, right? Like I think I think Vraska can hit Planeswalkers. Is that right? It's like any non-land permanent or something. I should uh, I should I think, maybe double check that. I think it's only. But it's similar. I, I think it's only enchantment or creature. Okay, no, I'm thinking of Black Green Garrick, aren't I? Sorry, sorry. Oh, Garrick Primal Hunter. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, non-land. No, I'm right. It's non-land permanent. Wow. Yeah, Vraska is really good. Oh, no, the I'm five. I'm thinking mana, of. Oh, I'm thinking of Relic Seeker. Oh no, that's the wrong one. Yeah. No, that's the. There's so many Vraskas now. Whoa, there's so many Vraskas. Um, Look at all these Vraskas, everybody. Original Vraska. Destroy target is non-land permanent. Yeah, she can't just kill the so that's, uh, Vraska, so the unseen, originally printed. Garrick does it for like blessing or something. Like he adds loyalty to kill planeswalkers. I think. Garrick's, crazy guy. Garrick's crazy got, boy. Garrick's got problems. Maybe it's happened already, but uh, I was just I just was searching for for to see if there's like a pronunciation thing for for this planeswalker. Um, so, somebody should let uh, the uh, British actress Vivian Reed know that things are going to get complicated for her oh, in no. the future. She she's uh, a a uh, young British actress that has two movies coming out this year. Really? Is it spelled exactly the same? Yeah. But <laughs> sorry, Vivian Reed, the real person. That's and really magic has done weird her, things for her, you. Her Twitter is like at Vivian Reed. So yeah. Oh, wow. That She's going to get really some weird funny. tweets. But hey, you know, if she likes signing things, Magic players the world over are going to mail her copies of this Planeswalker, hoping to get them mailed back. Maybe she, I mean, if at, being an actress doesn't work out perfectly, then maybe she can just make appearances at um, Grand Prix. No disrespect. Anyways, I think this card's fine. It's, you know, it's Planeswalker, so as usual, it'll usually win drafts if it's just hanging out. Uh, in standard, it's a pretty stiff competition right now, but... Like if you're in mono green Stompy or like or the red green monster stack and you just want planeswalkers, is this where you're going potentially? She it's is, got a lot of utility. Like this is a she, strong card. Like you know. she's kind of like a, a a bit of a Swiss Army knife yeah. planeswalker. Like she'll basically, uh, you know, there are some planeswalkers that if you don't have the right setup in your deck mm -hmm. or in your board or whatever, they're not doing a whole hell of a lot. Yeah. Whereas she's gonna be good for you, you know, pretty much all the time. Yeah. And with five loyalty, hopefully she'll stay around for a turn or two. Yeah, you know, you might want to play her in a deck that's trying to attack fairly early because she'll just draw you more gas and give you another another route to victory. You might want to play her in a deck that's like trying to go kind of slow and controlling because she draws a card every turn and she deals with some problem cards that your opponent might have, like you know, destroying a Excellence Binding or something. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I think I think her idea is that she's like summoning creatures from your deck. Oh, there's invocations. I didn't realize. Okay, so Vivian's invocation is five green green for a sorcery. Look at the top seven cards of your library. You may put a creature card from among, from among them onto the battlefield. Put the rest in the bottom of your library in any order. When a creature is put onto the battlefield this way, it deals damage equal to its power to target creature and opponent controls. So it just gets to punch them. Oh, that's her bow. She's Okay. Firing her arrow and it's turning into that tiger. Neat. So it's her lawyer is she's like sweet. <laughs> summoning that's really creatures cool. with her her magical bow. Yeah. I guess that's like not that I'm weird sorry. for a magic planeswalker. Yeah, well, this card's kind of neat. It's sort of like halfway between some other cards and not it's not a very min-maxed card, mm -hmm. but 
holy shit, this is going to win some limited games. Um, but yeah, like this is kind of a uh, summoning trap, but for one more mana, I guess. Yeah. So, but you know, you still cheat something out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think actually that might be all the time we have. It. You think of any other important spoilers you've seen? I don't know. Like I mean, there's been they're there's, bringing back Diagraph Ghoul. That's there's sweet. all sorts of cool stuff. They're bringing back Reliquary Tower. Yeah. So those are some exciting. I think, we'll have, to, I think we'll have to just talk We're more about it next week. We're and halfway we'll, through. We'll have our own spoiler. Ooh. Uh, on the twenty first. So that's soon. Keep an, an eye. eye out. That is it. Yeah, that is soon. So Come keep an eye out for that. Um, but uh, unfortunately, we have to wrap up for today. But until next time, uh, a reminder to check out cardkingdom.com for all of your cards and kingdom needs. And of course, uh, this show and everything we do is brought to you by you and your support of Patreon at patreon.com slash loadingreadyrun. Please check that out. So for myself and for Nelson. Thanks so much. We will talk to you next time. Bye-bye.